Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm David Huffeld, and I'm joined by Carl Polson. And Carl, our introductory question for today is one you might have to think back a little bit to answer. And that is this, when you were in college or high school, what was your favorite course or area of study? What captured your attention way back then? You know, interestingly enough, I went down a neuroscience uh, uh, education path in college and almost, almost was one course away from mind reading it. And as difficult as it was, it was really fascinating when things started to come together to see how our, our, brains, um, how everything is so connected. And the University of Minnesota, my, my, where I went to college, is really, you know, doing a lot of cutting edge things when it comes to neuroscience. So it was really cool to learn kind of the latest and greatest when it comes to how our brains work. So I would say, I would say any neuroscience course in college was by far mm. my favorite. What about you? That's great. Uh, neuroscience is always fascinating topic and something we use a lot when we talk about uh, selling. For me, uh, boy, a course that really captured my attention, and I actually learned some of the principles I used later on in my career in the science of selling, actually, was a communication theory course for some of our listeners who have read the science of selling. We have a, a whole chapter on the questions and um, the idea of levels of questions, because that's how we reveal information. Oddly enough, that idea... I learned in that communication theory course, I was a communications major. And so that was one of the higher level courses. But I remember just being fascinated by that. And I always kept the textbook and I really love that course. And little did I know, many, many, many years later, I would actually uh, leverage what I had learned in that college course. And it actually is the foundation of how we ask questions what I learned there, of course, I researched it more as an adult after college uh, and got more deeper into the science. But I was first exposed to that idea that our brains reveal information in layers uh, way back in college in a communication theory course. So it all sometimes it all connects. A lot of people have said that when they get into their business career, things they learned they, they thought were just interesting, but inconsequential later down the line it and you, you leverage that knowledge and it helps you in your career or personal life or um, other parts of your life as well. So pretty interesting. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and for our listeners, I know in our last episode, we covered the first part of why number six, why spend the money. And before we dive into the second part, could you remind our listeners what we covered in the first part? Why spend the money? Yeah. So why spend the money is why number six of the six wives we've been going through all of them. And though we assign them a numerical order, they don't always occur in this set order within the sale. I want to make sure that's clear. That's always a question people have because selling is a little messier than that. And our brains are a little messier. They don't always go in chronological order. So why number six really deals with why should I invest the funds 
with you instead of something else. And it often is something unrelated. So there's only a limited amount of funds. And so they could say, Carl, we could buy from you or we could update the machines in our factory, right? Something totally unrelated to what you sell. But now you have to justify why they should invest the funds with you versus something else that they say they need. So why spend the money is a big, big commitment we want to really focus on in the sale. And last time we looked at the benefits of investing in your product and service. And we talked about how exercise that our listeners can do to really make sure you're customizing your presentation of the benefits a potential client would experience from your product and service. And that's part of how we address why spend the money, but that's only half because the second half is getting into what your customer stands to lose if they don't purchase from you. And this is incredibly powerful. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And when I think of the way that you approach why number six, I think of loss aversion. And I know that that term gets thrown around by a lot of different people. Um, But can you explain what loss aversion is all about and why it is so important to the sale? Yeah, loss aversion is a big, big deal. In sales, we often refer to this uh, by the less academic term of fear of loss as well. So loss aversion, fear of loss are the same thing. And there's a lot of research on this. In fact, Nobel Prize winning research, one uh, cognitive psychologist who won a Nobel Prize, uh, a large part for his work in loss aversion is Daniel Kahneman. So let me explain it this way, how powerful loss aversion is. Uh, when you let me give you this kind of um, thought experiment. Imagine if you were being offered a gamble that involved a coin toss. And if the coin toss lands on heads when it's flipped, you get $120. Pretty good. However, if it shows tails, you must pay $100. Would you want to take part in that coin toss? And what's interesting is when they ask people that question, the majority of people, okay, if it's if it lands on one way, I get 120. If it lands on the other, I have to lose I hundred dollars. I don't want to do it. Most people say they do not want to do it. What's really interesting when researchers look at, okay, so how much does the upside need to be to get you to participate in that? It's Almost always, it comes out to a two-to-one ratio, meaning to get the majority of people to participate in a gamble like that, you have to offer them $200 if it lands on heads, and they only pay $100 if it lands on tails or vice versa, right? So the two-to-one upside, and that's what the research has shown now in cognitive psychology, in neuroscience as well. There's been a number of neuroscientists who have delved into this area too, social psychology, that usually uh, loss aversion is twice as powerful as focusing on desire for gain or what we benefit from it. And it's meaning it motivates us far more. If you think uh, many wars have been fought throughout human history, when rights are taken away or something is imposed on people where they feel like they're losing their freedom, they fight. They're not always fighting to get more freedom than they currently have, but they don't like when things are taken away. So many, many wars have occurred because of that. And so loss aversion is really, really powerful. Let me give you one study 
uh, site specifically from the Journal of Applied Psychology, they looked at uh, uh, in, in actual sales. And they had some buyers being told that if they were to invest in the product, it would um, help them uh, get more funds, right? So it'll increase their revenue. And the other ones were told that if they invested in the product, it would help them not lose the same amount of revenue. And they created a business case. One case was focused on loss aversion. The other was desire for gain. And they found when they looked at closing rates, the closing rates were 150% higher for those salespeople who focused on what the customer stood to lose if they didn't invest. And it caused sales to skyrocket, selling the exact same product, same sales process, same PowerPoint slides, everything identical. So when you focus on loss aversion, it is really, really impactful. And I want to stress that because I hear a lot of people talking about loss aversion in the world of sales, but we don't always leverage it in the real world. Like we like to preach about how powerful it is, but we don't often do anything about it. We just focus only on desire for gain. Now, the good news is, as sales professionals, we don't got to choose between you know, the benefits someone will get from our product or service and what they stand to lose if they don't move forward. We can leverage both. But my, my encouragement to all of our listeners today is make sure you're leveraging loss aversion because it is incredibly powerful. One um, scientific study also found that loss aversion makes people much more open to taking risk when making a decision. And this is a big deal because every decision is risky, right? They're doing something new and that implies risk and our brains don't like risk. However, when you frame a decision with loss aversion, people are more likely to embrace the risk of change. Why? Because they're highly motivated by the desire to avoid loss of any kind because our brains don't like when we lose things. We don't like things being taken away, right? You would work far harder to not have someone steal $20 from you than for you to earn an extra $20, right? The idea of someone taking something I already have, I really don't like that, right? We're all like that. The idea of earning more, that's great, but it doesn't motivate me as much as keeping what I have. So loss aversion is powerful. And when we leverage it in the sale, it can be a game changer. And for you, David, when you think about all the salespeople that like to talk about loss aversion, but don't really have anything when it comes to, well, okay, how do I use it? You know, how do you see salespeople effectively using loss aversion throughout the sale? How does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that's a really good question. Let me give you a real simple two-step process that you can use to leverage it. We'll talk about it then, and then I'll give you a little exercise as well. So step one, you need to identify what your potential clients stand to lose if they don't purchase from you. So is that revenue? Is that time? Is it resources? Is it efficiency, right? What is it they're going to miss out on? Is it going to lower employee morale? So what is your product or service really do? Is it going to cause them to lose market share or miss out on a growth opportunity, right? Or all of the above. So I want to identify what that is. What do they stand to lose? 
And then I want to help them understand what this loss means to them. I want to get them to think about it. So for example, uh, imagine uh, a salesperson who identifies that uh, her software is less complicated than the buyer's existing software. So she's trying to sell them software. My software uh, is a lot less complicated. And as a result, we save your buyer's employees an average of 10 minutes a day, right? So it's saving them time that their current software is stealing time away. They're missing out on the advantages of using hers, which will save them 10 minutes a day. So what could that salesperson do as just an example? Um, she can show that because of the existing software, the 200 employees who are using it are collectively losing a thousand minutes of productivity um, each day. And then the salesperson can monetize that loss by revealing, you know, the average employee is, let's pay, say, pay $40 an hour. So the buyer is losing, you know, $650 a day or $1,555,000 a year, right? You can, you can do all the math and show how expensive this is. So you're, you're not only missing out on extra productivity, 10 minutes a day times 200 people, but you're also, uh, you're losing money because you're paying people to invest that 10 minutes in that software that is stealing their time and their productivity, right? So thinking it through it, that lens and framing things around loss aversion can be a big deal. And you can use this in a lot of areas of the sale, right? So you can use it to not only present your product or service when you talk about your company, when a buyer wants to ignore a problem, or even, even there's one study that found when you're looking working with an existing customer, right? And you want them to continue working with you. Let's say you had a, a multi-year contract and you want them to renew with you. What can you do? You can kind of show all the progress you've made and talk about how we don't want to miss out on the continued upside as this progress compounds. Again, we don't want you to miss out. We don't want you to lose, right? And people, that causes us all to act. So think through that. I would encourage you as a little exercise to think through what is, think of one client, what is one thing they stand to lose right now, someone you're selling to, if they don't purchase from you, how can you now quantify or monetize that loss so it resonates with them, so they care? Right. So when you say you're going to lose 10 minutes a day of productivity per person, uh, okay. But when you start doing the math of how much do you pay your people on average? Okay. So how much money are you losing over a year? How much are you, how much opportunity are you missing out on when you say 10 minutes a day times 200 people? Right. And what could they could be doing with that time? Right. So you're missing out on that, really starting to quantify that so it matters to them. And then you want to think about how would I say that now? So what would I do? I would encourage you, if you're going through this thought exercise with me, you identify a client, where do they stand to lose? How do I quantify or monetize that so it matters to them? And now how would I verbalize that to them and write it out? Write it out. And you, you might look at it and go, okay, this is a little clumsy, so I'm going to tweak it. Okay, oh, this is awesome. And then you don't got to memorize it, but say it over and over again until you get it. Because here's the power in that. Once you realize how to do this, the mental steps to leverage loss aversion effectively, now you can do it in any area of the sale. So you want to go through that little exercise, right? Think of a client. What do they stand to lose? Quantify or monetize that. And then how would I verbalize that to them? Write out what you would say until you're like, oh, that's awesome. That is 
powerful. And then now you know how to do it on your own, right? So I don't want to give you a phrase to memorize because that doesn't tell you how to create that phrase. I want you to be equipped with that knowledge so that when those opportunities arise in the sale, you can customize your presentation and framing of loss aversion to really resonate with that client. So go through that exercise, spend 10 minutes on it. I promise you, it'll yield huge impact when you're selling because now you know how to create powerful statements that leverage loss aversion and you'll find you'll have more confidence and your ability will increase after you go through that. So you want to take advantage of loss aversion. All the science here is pretty clear. It matters a great deal. And the biggest mistake I see in sales when it comes to loss aversion is we talk about it, but we don't leverage it on a real sales call. And that doesn't have to be you. Kind of think up what we talked about today. Go through that little thought exercise. And if you do that, I think you'll be equipped to much more effectively use loss aversion. And the impact of that, that can be a game changer because loss aversion is one of the most powerful motivators that we have at our disposal when it comes to the, in the sale. So leverage it and reap the benefits of it. As always, David. Excellent, excellent material, excellent information for, I think, any anyone in sales out there. Um, until next time, stay safe, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Carl.